Welcome to Marketing Management and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Murray, and uh, I have here with me today Alex Londo, who is the CEO and founder of Jazz June. Pretty excited to have him on the show. We're going to be talking with him, but to kick it off, I'd like to give a little bit of a, an introduction. So, at uh, 13 years old, Alex began his journey in video production as a volunteer for a local public access television station. Uh, by the age of 18, he had already played a key role in the creation of uh, 500 plus television shows, including a fantasy football series that was featured in a Spike TV documentary. Although Alex briefly attended college, his professors recognized his exceptional talents in video production and advised him to drop out, build a portfolio, and seek employment. That's that's a little bit different, so uh, we're going to talk about that uh, in this uh, in this interview. You don't often hear uh, you know college professors telling you to drop out, so uh, we'll get to that. But uh, but uh, to continue here, so Alex soon became the multimedia producer for Anytime Fitness corporate offices, where he was responsible for producing national video content for commercials, social media, and training purposes. It was during this time that he met Eric Mattis, with whom he would collaborate frequently. Together, they realized the need for a free and user-friendly platform for creating and sharing learning content, leading to the birth of JazzJu. So uh, that's kind of Alex in a nutshell. Now, if you've been following uh, marketing management and money, uh, you noticed that a few months ago, we actually made a pretty bold transition to where we have moved all of our content onto Jazz June. Uh, so if you're wondering uh, if, I, uh, if I believe in the Jazz June model, uh, the short answer is absolutely. Um, and so, you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, Alex... Uh, let, 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 let's hear, I, I think I want to start with this. What exactly is Jazz June so that the listeners know what, uh, you know, what you created? And then let's get a little bit into you and your story. So uh, let's kick it off with uh, what, what, what is Jazz June? Thanks, Ryan. That was an awesome introduction. Best, best one I've had all day. And yeah, Jazz June in so many words is the easiest place to create, share, and monetize learning content online. And it was created from a desire to want to lower the barrier to entry for people to create, share learning content, hopefully allowing more learners to access that content at lower prices um, and find kind of their public access station, if you will, like I found mine uh, as an alternative way to success uh, in life. And, and which, you know, I mean, I did mention that uh, that we transitioned over to Jazz June. And one of the things that attracted me was your commitment to community. And and so, you know, I absolutely, uh, absolutely love that, uh, respect that. So uh, but let's 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 hear about you. So uh, what what is it that 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 drives you? I mean, in, in your bio, you started at age 13. So obviously passion from a young age. Um, and, and you kind of built up through that point, uh, you got into this, uh, this startup, you know, CEO, founder of a company that, uh, you know, you, 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 you've been doing jazz June for a couple of years now. Uh, so in, anyway, give, give me a little bit of, of your story. Yeah, sure. Well, exactly. It started at 13 years old. Um, and it's, it's funny cause I was just digitizing a bunch of home videos the other day. So I'm watching this. <laughs> my early years unfold. So uh, I grew up in a, I grew up in a Midwestern town. I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, in a suburb of the city. Um, and like a lot of suburbs um, that were growing and cable 
television was being installed throughout the community. There was advocacy for these public access stations to be created. And that's how we got our infamous Wayne Wayne's World moments, etc. <laughs> um, these public access stations do exist. They, there are a lot of them. So I recommend looking into yours if you're interested in learning video production because it changed my life. Uh-huh. And my parents actually introduced me to the the public access station through Santa Claus. So when I was a boy, every every Christmas, my parents would take me down to the public access station where they'd revamp the whole studio into a winter wonderland. I'd sit on Santa's lap and I'd tell him what I want. I know now that it was an easy way for the word to get out to my whole family because they all had cable. So they would tune into the programming to see me on Santa's lap. And that was their way of going, oh, this is what he wants. This is what I should get him. Um, So it was was a sneaky trick. As I got older, though, I moved away from that. But I had a younger sister. And so I would go support her and I'd bring her up there. But it was during um, one of those times where I I didn't actually stay up there. I just kind of walked her up there and I sat back for the first time ever behind the scenes with my parents. Mm -hmm. And that's when I noticed there was a camera hidden over here in this bush. And there was a there was a lighting panel up above me and there was a room of people behind me pressing buttons, lots of colors and TV screens. I was fascinated. I was so fascinated. I didn't I couldn't even tell you the rest of that day. All I know is I was so happy I was able to read because I found myself waiting out in the hallway, not really sure why, and in their little memorabilia case, they had a message that was like, "Do you live in these cities? If you do, you can just sign up for free and become a volunteer and produce your own TV show." I was in love. So I went right to my mom and I said, "I got to we got to do this. And of course she was like, well, I, you're 13, Alex. I don't think they're going to really let you. And I was like, we, we, can we ask at least? And I mean, no harm in that. And so we did, we went right to the studio manager. We asked, she about fell out of her chair. She never, she goes, you know what? We don't actually have a rule around it because we've never had anyone ask us (laughs) for this before. Um, But you know, my mom being, the amazing advocate that she was, she she played the part. He's a great kid. He listens so good. If he causes any problems, we'll have you just call us and we'll pull him out immediately. But he'll he's in Boy Scouts and he's a good and that was all she needed to hear. And she said, I can tell that he loves this and he's a good kid. Let's see, let's see what happens. And that was kind of basically where the journey began. And it wasn't even about getting access to the studio and the equipment. That was great. It was the people. I met some amazing people there who then would go on to change the trajectory of my life. And I thought that it was my destiny to produce video until I was gray haired. And But I'd learned quickly that my passion for video production while it was a passion for video production, while it is a passion for video production, my true passion lies in the journey I took to get there because I was so young getting involved with this public access station. I met people so early on that changed the the trajectory of my path. By the time I was 18, I was actually accepted into college while I was still in high school through a program called PSEO. And so I was attending college courses, video production college courses before I was even really graduated high school. And so I, I, I got about halfway through an associate's degree and I had to start paying the bill myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And what ended up happening, actually, so my college professor, he told me that I should quit college, drop out and go get a portfolio. And now again, kind of like my parents and their trick with Santa Claus, I think maybe this was my professor's way to drop an unruly student more than it was (laughs) more than it was actual advice, because what was happening was now that I was paying for it, I was really wanting to see progress that I wasn't going to be able to get because everyone was so far behind me. Long story short, he got really mad at me when I turned in an assignment that was video I had already done years previous. Mm -hmm. And he caught a date on one of my shots and he's like, why it was this record? And I, I told him and I was honest. I said, yeah, I said, I'm repurposing this for the assignment because I shot this video. Yeah, I didn't do it while I was in college, but I did this and I have the proof. I have all the raw footage. I, I have all the proof. I have the people if you want me to call them. And he said, I think we're getting to a point now where if you're just going to reuse your work and submit it as your assignments and now I have to sit here and figure it out, why don't you just create a portfolio and go get it? Mm-hmm. And I and it was the end of the semester, and I was basically like, "Okay, sounds good." <laughs> so it it, might, it was a little more uh, it was a little more cut and dry than that, but uh, yeah. It, it's, so then I, I did. I put put together a portfolio. I shopped it around. I met some incredible people who were like, "Hey, Anytime Fitness is this growing franchise company. I know they're looking for all kinds of roles." And I actually started as an email administrator there, okay, just for a couple of years, just to get my foot in the door. Met the people I needed to meet, showed them my portfolio, and boom, I was hired over to the communications team in no time. And once once I was on that team, there was no turning back. I got. I got budget, I got equipment, I got, (laughs) I was in heaven for five years. Um, But again, I realized that my unconventional path to getting there is actually the true calling I have in life to share that you don't have to follow the prescribed, you know, path that someone else may tell you you need to in order to uh, achieve your dream. Well, and I find it fascinating. So, you know, you got kicked out of college and then turn around and launched a company that is based on learning. Like, like you know. Yeah, who am I to talk? Exactly. <laughs> what, do I, what do I know, right? Um, you know what? You can't do it alone. I, if I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have Jazz June if it weren't for my partner. Mm-hmm. So my, I have to say my partner has brought me up to speed two decades of experience this guy has in e-learning. Talk about his qualifications. He's got a master's degree in English. He's been a professor at universities. He's worked for the Federal Reserve. He's, he has been in e He was one of the OG e-learning guys. He was getting grants from the government in 2007 before YouTube was even a thing wow. to develop e-learning courses. Okay. When I met him at Anytime Fitness, he took me from understanding a little bit about e-learning to totally blowing my mind. And then we both realized, wow, everything out there is so complicated and expensive. Why is it so hard Mm -hmm. to create and share e-learning in this world? Well, okay. So I want to talk about that because you probably have a few people listening. They're going to be like, it's not complicated. It's not expensive. I can go on YouTube and I can find anything. And you literally can, you know, or you've got LinkedIn learning, you've got Udemy, you've got, uh, you know, I mean, then there's the the ones that get kind of, you know, specific. Why do you feel like e-learning is complicated and expensive? Yeah, well, I worked with 
companies in e-learning for a long time. So I can I can tell you that the systems that are used for e-learning in businesses are archaic and and more complicated and expensive than they they ever should have been. And, and, um, and I should clarify something. I 100% agree with you. I want you to point it out for you know people who are listening because I. When I first started talking to you, you opened my eyes to a new way of looking at e-learning. And that's what I'm hoping that you can do for some of the listeners today. So just just a little, you know, pulling back the curtain behind, you know, like I, I am baiting this question. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah. And I appreciate it. I, yeah, let's, so like, let's think about true learning content. So when I think of YouTube, I don't think of true learning content. You can learn on YouTube if you make that your objective, but you're still just watching videos at the end of the day. I say true learning content because where are the courses on YouTube? Yeah, there's playlists, but where's my completion? Where are my quizzes? Where's my test for competency and my downloads? Yeah. So there's a lot missing from, from just agnostic platforms that you can learn from. But yeah, you're right. There's Udemy and Coursera and a lot of other platforms out there that um, are, are low cost or easy to get started. Well, you might think it's easy to get started. On Jazz June, you can literally start creating a course by creating your free account and in two clicks, you can be in your course creator. That's how easy it is. Right, right. I've yet to experience that on any other platform. And the thinking here is when you're in that course creator, platforms like Moodle um, and, and, and Kajabi, holy cow. I mean, there's a million options. You got to custom design your whole template top to bottom, how you want all of these videos to lay out. Our course creator is just drop in the link to the video, put your text in there, create some links to downloads, maybe add a picture or two or an infographic, whatever, and move on to the next lesson. We're all about creating simple straightforward learning, if you will. And our system takes care of organizing those lessons and building them out for you. And then you just drag and drop them in the order you want. And so it's it's about being able to join a platform that feels like you're joining a Facebook almost. It's free. I can just start creating these posts for free. Right. But instead of creating posts, instead of creating posts, you're creating these digital learning content like courses, or you can take multiple courses into a curriculum. We have groups. There's there's a lot of different um, types of products you can sell. Yeah. No. And I, I think that's that's awesome. I, I want to jump back for just a, a quick second, and I want to talk about video creation for small businesses, uh, just as kind of a topic. So. Again, I already have a strong opinion on this, but I'd like to kind of hear it from someone who's in the industry. How important is video creation for small businesses? I mean, you've been in video creation for a long time, and I've worked with a lot of small businesses that uh, I, me personally, I found that the businesses that are out there creating, uh, you know, quality content, quality information, how-to videos, uh, it's really opening up a lot of doors, a lot of options for them. And then I find kind of this other spectrum where you have the businesses that are just like, well, that's not for me, or we really don't have anything to share. Um, you know, can, can you just talk about, uh, so I, I, I want to take this from two angles. Angle number one is should small businesses be doing video creation? Uh, I mean, I know the answer there, but I, I, I kind of want to go into a little bit more depth. And number two is, and this is probably the better uh, question, is why 
why should uh, small businesses be doing video creation or considering learning content? Uh, you know, like like what what is it that that makes sense? Who does this who does this fit for? Kind of a kind of a question. Yeah, that's great. It's perfect. So, if you're a small business, I have one question for you. Does getting a client or a customer involve educating them on your product or service? Chances are it does a little bit on some level. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but video is going to be the best way to do that. Right. Um, until, you know, like metaverse takes off and we have some virtual reality <laughs> and, you know, whatever else, right. Our iPhones with Pokemon go, you can, I don't know, but it, it's, it, that's, but right now that's the best method hands down. I mean, video is still proliferating as a format. In other words, I thought when YouTube came out and then Vimeo and all these other video hosting sites came out, I thought, well, that's it. Video is never going to be reinvented again. Right. Video will never have another. And then TikTok came out. And I was like, this is a whole other way that video can. It's just video. Same videos we've been using on YouTube since. But the way they took it and changed it and made it available to people, it's changed the game again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, again, video has resolidified itself in 2024 as being the medium that you don't mess with. It's going to produce results if you encapsulate two big ways of thinking. One, tell a story. Even if you have to educate the customer and you have to get a little technical, try to tell it through a story if you can to keep them engaged. Um, And then two, um, know that you have to have a strategy behind the video. You can't just make it to make it and put it out there to put it out there without really thinking through where you want it to go, who you want it to get in front of, and then leveraging it. Putting it up on a YouTube isn't going to do much, but putting it into your email outreach that you hit 15,000 people on a list with every week, yeah, that's where you're going to see the results. So, um, so you know, but, but yes, every small business could use, could, use, could use video, and if they have decided that they can't, then they are thinking of it the wrong way, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I share that opinion. But I want to talk about this strategy. So, you know, you said that I have a strategy behind it. I think one of the biggest challenges that I see when I come across small business owners and video is that they get overwhelmed. Uh, you know, uh, I, I and, and I was in this space. So when I started out, I, uh, you know, I do live trainings. And you put me in front of 300 people. I love it. You know, I just, I, I, I open up, it's easy for me to, uh, you know, to, to just command the room and it always worked really well for me. Um, and then you put me in front of a video and I mean, obviously I've, I've significantly improved, but not to the point, like I'm, I'm still stronger live than I am video. And, and I think that there's a lot of people that are in the same kind of category as me where they, they say, Oh, you know, I feel, I feel really stupid in front of the camera. You're telling me I have to have a strategy. So now all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I don't know how to tell a story. What would you advise to the businesses that maybe are floundering, maybe don't know how to get started? Maybe you're shy about getting started. Uh, You know, what would you advise to those businesses? Assuming that you don't have budget or a lot of budget to go 
work with a partner like a like an agency, a video production company. Not that you have to begin paying them to explore what's possible and to get an idea of the type of video that your business could benefit from the most. Because it really does take kind of a detailed look into every business to figure out what strategy is going to work. A business, a B2C company is going to have a very different strategy than, the, than a B2B. Um, but the truth is, Ryan, I don't, this answer, I'm not even quite sure what this answer would have been maybe a year ago, but ever <laughs> since, and, and, and bear with me here, okay. ever since the advent of artificial intelligence, that's actually the best place to turn. If you can go to artificial intelligence and say, this is my business, I need to create a video strategy that involves telling a story around my products or services, help me write video concepts, uh, it will. And it might blow your mind. It has for me in the past. Yeah. But it might just be enough for you to go, okay, I, I can just take this now and envision what this can look like and what this can mean. Um, and so it might seem like the cheap way out. But the reality is, is artificial intelligence is still only going to give you a fraction of what you need to really go execute on making the video. And so it's just there as an idea starter. It's just there as, as, a, as a way to kind of figure out where, where, do, where do I go with this? I also will say this. If you don't have experience in producing, editing, publishing video, then you're going to have to have time to, to learn those things. If you don't have budget to have someone go do it, then you need time to learn how to get those things done because it does get very overwhelming quickly with the different programs that are out there and the different ways you can do things. And I have been paralyzed many times in my project flow with the abundance of what I could do um, that I have to remember. And, and this lesson didn't come along until I had a startup. So this is a key, key startup for or key lesson for startups. Uh, done is better than perfect. Uh, Especially when it comes yeah. to, yeah, done is better than perfect. So you just, you got to kind of just get it done. Like you figure it out, pull it up in iMovie, edit it on your iPhone. Um, the, the thing about it that I've learned actually, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. For probably eight years, eight to 10 years of my video production career, I thought that it was all about the camera, the graphics, the, the cuts in editing, the music, the, the flash, the bang, the set. Right. And then I realized it's actually about the story. And I put that theory to the test by showing people an absolutely gorgeous video. 4K camera, drone footage, cuts, timing, editing, perfect. Cinematography, a 10 out of 10. A story... They were kind of like, what, uh, what did I, they didn't even, they didn't even care. They yeah. were like, what is this? It's a nice looking video. Then I showed them a cell phone video, just a crappy old cell phone video. But you watched a story unfold between a mother and her daughter. And they couldn't stop. Really just focus on that story that you want to tell. It could be a story of your customer. could be a story of your employee. It could be a story of how your company's impacted the community that's what will actually move the needle for your videos. Nice. No, I think, I think that is excellent advice. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to let that simmer for just a second and I'm going to pull it to a lighthearted question. So <clears throat> jazz June, it's a unique name and, uh, it's funny because 
uh, you know, Google's a very unique name, but we're used to it at this point. And, you know, I mean, Amazon, what does that really have to do with e-commerce? It's a, you know, it's a massive river. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Jazz June is a unique name. Uh, why the name? Where, where, where does it stem from? Well, um, so as a startup, again, you know, done is better than perfect. I'm sure there are more perfect names out there for an ed tech startup like ours. Um, Jazz June, though, was chosen after we were originally being called the Learner Advisor Network or the LAN which okay. is the most dull name in the I, entire I, world. I was going to say, that sounds like a textbook. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. So the idea was Jazz June, but the name was just like Learner Advisor Network, and we'd go to lunch and we'd call it LAN for short. Hey, we're going to talk about LAN today. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then we got a we, we got a third partner who came in who was a chief marketing officer and he was a journalist and a writer. And he was like, we can we can figure out something better than this. And we're like, OK, let's do it. Um, and it was but it wasn't even him who figured it out. Ironically, it was my partner, Eric, who, uh, like I mentioned, has a master's degree and a master's degree in English literature. He's a has been a college professor for that subject. So he shares a passion, as you can imagine, for poetry. And in his younger days, he just found poems that he loved. And he went and he just bought the domains of just weird parts of poems. <laughs> okay. And there was this one poem that he really loved called We Real Cool by Gwendolyn Brooks. Yeah. And in the poem, we jazz June, we die soon. As a matter of fact, it's the only word in the poem that's a made up word. And every other word is a real word, but that word out of nowhere is a made up word. And then Gwendolyn Brooks went on record with an interview talking about the use of that word, what it truly means, why she put it in there. And she said that she put it in there because it was a way for people to describe their own way of doing things, their own way of grad, their own way of graduating in June, if you will, their yeah, own yeah, jazz yeah. June. Their, yeah. their own graduation that doesn't have to be the one that's ordained by the man, if you will. Sure, yeah. um, and, and and so she she used that as the as the center word for that poem. And my partner comes to me one day and he's like, Jazz June, jazzjune.com. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. What are you, I, that's kind of out there. And he goes, well, read the poem. And I read the poem and I'm like, okay, I, all right. Well, this poem vibes. I like it. I like the message it sends, I like the story behind the name. And I'm like, we're never going to get jazzjune.com. And he's like, I own it. And I'm like, you own it already? Okay. All right. Okay, fine. So um, the one thing we are working with now um, is with the Gwendolyn Brooks Foundation trying to foster a relationship and a connection with them to see how we might be able to bring her legacy into our company a little bit, because again, it's all centered around this idea. She was a civil rights era poet, um, but nonetheless, um, education was a part of what she would, would write about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that that's beautiful. So uh, let's go to the education piece. And, and I want to, I want to talk about that. So you believe that education can be done differently. And and maybe differently is a little bit too strong uh, because you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, maybe you're trying to, you know, uh, put a democracy to learning. Uh, and and uh, and I, I think I actually stole those words from you. But um, 
talk about your beliefs on on education. I mean, we 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 we've taken this interview from kind of the business perspective of like, oh, okay, you know, what's what what's the role of of video? What's the role of AI? And uh, you know, and, and we've talked about that. I want to talk about the learning experience for just you know, like learners in general. What's what what what's your vision here? Uh, and uh, so. Take it from first, just you, you as the human being, you as Alex, what's, what's your vision? What's your utopia here? Because you're very, you know, utopian in your thought process. Uh, and then, you know, how does that bleed into your company? I'm like smiling so hard right now because this is, I just, I love talking about this. I get like, I have to like contain <laughs> So you, you clearly have passion and I love that. I, I do because I have a dream. I, I, I have this utopia is really the best way to put it. Nirvana is one of the way my <laughs> co-founders will say it to this education nirvana. I don't, here's what I will say. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. And I really am kind of just a silly boy with a dream. So uh, take take it all with a grain of salt. There's flaws everywhere. There's going to be huge mountains to climb and challenges. But the thinking here is this. We make the tools for creating and sharing learning content easier to access and free, affordable, then it means more people are able to just start creating and sharing learning content to help other people. Yeah. And if, if that means it's just a beginner class on something that you can do for free to then pay for something that helps you in your steps in your journey along the way. But, but we know that the best content is going to come from the creators who want to get rewarded for what they produce. You being one of those amazing content creators, I have your course. I'm taking it right now. It's done miracles for me to understand reports in my business, financial <laughs> reports in my business. We won't go on and I won't, I won't plug you well, too much because well, I know you're so humble, but I'll everyone say should you. know that I'm, I'm taking Ryan's course yeah, <laughs> on my own platform. And, and I loaded it up at the doctor's office the other day and I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to get a short lesson on uh, subsidized, um, subsidized. Oh no, I forgot it. Uh, I forgot. Subsidized it break now. even. Thank you. Subsidized break even. Yeah. Gosh. All right. Back to what I'm saying, though. Shameless plug. <laughs> hey, I had to. The, the, um, this so, is I'm your so interview, so you're our good. Creators, but, but really, like, so the, this world where we've made the accessibility into creating, sharing, and monetizing learning so affordable and so accessible that if you do sell your learning, you can sell it for less and still make more money. Our learners can obtain it for less. It creates this cycle. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to race to the bottom as like a retail company would say with prices, you know, we don't want to race to the bottom. Um, I want to just, like you said, democratize things. Mm -hmm. I think e-learning content kind of belongs in its own category altogether. It's good content. It can help somebody. And so it really shouldn't be profited off of in a massive way. And if it is profited off of in a massive way, then massive amounts of people should be affected by it. Yeah. Yeah. Massive amounts of people should benefit from it then. That's how education should work in, in my utopia. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm trying to achieve here is the vision of more creators, people who never thought they would be a creator, people who never thought they might teach some courses online, signing up, checking it out, seeing if it's working for them, and maybe, um, you know, putting a couple courses out there, getting comfortable with it, and then monetizing that content. So, so, uh, 
if someone's interested, like if, if they're listening to this interview and it's like resonating with them, they share your vision of education, uh, what's the best step for them to do? How, how, do they, how do they connect with you? You know, they're like, oh, okay, you've told me about this really cool thing. What do they do? Yeah, it's, we make it really easy for you. You go to jazzjune.com, you click on create your free account, you give us everything but a credit card. <laughs> so your name, your email, uh, you'll, get you, you'll get signed into your account and then poke around, play around, but you won't have to wait but one day before you're going to get a message request from me, a, a connection request, where I'm going to request to connect with you on the platform. Mm-hmm. And once you accept that connection, it's going to open the door for me to now work with you through the platform to help you move that needle. We're so passionate right now about moving the needle for our creators. We have a lot of exciting things coming for you, Ryan, and, and I can't wait for the additional creators that are going to be joining us soon. And so we're we're focused, laser focused on the success of our creators. So if you join Jazz June, then I'm going to be on you right now, actually, to to get it done. And we're going as far as I'll sit down with you for an hour, two hours, help you edit that video. Well, help you help you help you get your content together. This isn't something we're going to be able to scale, but it's something we can do right now while we prove our model. And, and, and this is one of the things where, uh, you know, I mentioned early on that w- one of the reasons why I was attracted to Jazz June is because of the learning community. So, you know, I've done some other, uh, I've done some other learning platforms and, and they put a lot of emphasis on technology, which I think is, you know, I mean, you have to have, if you're going to go e-learning, you have to have technology. It is a requirement. But the issue that I always had is, you know, kind of this idea of you you put something out to the uh, megaverse or whatever you want to call it, and you kind of just sit on it and 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 hope and 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 wonder. And the uh, the community. Um, so I'm a little bit old school. My brother actually calls me Renaissance man because uh, you know he's like you like to do things old school. I'm like I actually do. I, you know, I I. I embrace technology. Uh, I use technology, but man, I love the old school kind of thing, and and there's a charm to it. And and I the old school charm in this instance is the fact that uh, you know when I first uh, started poking around with Jazz June, and all of a sudden I got you know I, I I got the owner who was reaching out to me and saying, "Hey, you need a hand with any of this?" I'm like, "Whoa." Did I just really like did did a real person really reach out to me and and want to make sure that you know that I was taken care of and I, and, and you know we've had some conversations where you're like yeah at some point uh, I won't be the one reaching out to everyone but there's still going to be a community uh, you know and you've built that into the platform where I can reach out to other people on the platform hey what works what doesn't work what courses do you like hey let's connect uh, so a, a lot of exciting things um, that I've seen that that I you know that's that that's where I see the vision of I'm like yeah that's where this needs to go. Yes. And that's, ex- you are one of the rare creators I'd have to say out there who's, who's kind of saw that, understood that vision and sees it with our platform. It's, it's funny because I, I have to convince people that community is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been trained that if you put your courses in a silo, if you put up this Kajabi page and then send it over, I don't know if it's a pride thing. I don't know if it's people don't want their content to intermingle with other content. <laughs> I don't know if well it's a competition others. thing, if they're afraid that they'll have to actually get competitive with their pricing or their content at some point. I'm not really quite sure, but the the sense of community for us does a lot of things. Not only are we 
using the community to fuel the success and the sales of our own creators. But we're also using it as a way to foster connections to make better results, have accountability. We're also using it as a way for our learners to um, you know, learn to engage with each other, not do learning, not do learning in a silo all by themselves, right? Actually have uh, other people who are going through the training with them um, that they might be able to connect with and conversate with. Um, just, just being able to direct out, like message out to the instructor of the content, say, Hey, I love this. Or, Hey, you know, I don't quite understand this. Um, I realize that other platforms have some of these technologies and some of these capabilities, but no place like Jazz June makes it like that easy to just it's built in like you're on Facebook and you can just learn and then interact with people. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that social selling I think is going to be a huge part of, of why our community is going to work. Not that we want it to be just sales everywhere, all over the community. It's going to be sales with true intention, sales with true connection. Um, and as we're continuing to grow, we're, we're continuing to figure out the algorithms that we need to implore to really, um, you know, customize what people are going to be hit with as our content library grows. So what they're going to be getting and what they're going to be seeing is content that's really related to them and what they've come to Jazz June to learn. Yeah. So uh, I'll just share this, uh, this kind of last thought um, before we uh, kind of wrap this up here. But you know, you mentioned you're like, you're one of the few that that understands that this collaboration. Well, so, you know, I got my start as a business consultant and I did business consulting for uh, well over a decade before I ever got into podcasting and, and a lot of the training that I do today. And one of the things that I noticed when I was business consulting is that for whatever reason, people try and limit how many business consultants they either work with or, you know, other business consultants would feel threatened when someone else would show up. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, I've got my accountant here and I've got my, uh, you know, my marketing consultant. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't want them in the same room. You know, and there was there was always this kind of weird thing. And I started noticing and I looked at professional athletes and I do a lot of parallels to professional athletes. Uh, but I looked at professional athletes and I looked at how many coaches professional athletes have. You know, they have an offensive coach. They have a defensive coach. They have a, you know, the the one for who's going to do all the training routines. They have one for, you know, physical therapy or to help them, you know, recoup if ever they get injured. And they've got this team of, of coaches that make them the best in the world. And, and that's one of the common characteristics of the best in class is a team of coaches. And, and so, uh, you know, I incorporated that into my business consulting as I'm like, yeah, let's get the team of coaches going. And, uh, and I love when someone challenges like that's wrong. And then I have to think, and I'm like, is it wrong? You know, and it, and it gives me areas to improve upon. And so, Anyway, when I saw someone who did e-learning and understood the success of a team of coaches, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's how you become best in class is with a team of coaches, not a, a silo mentality. And so, yeah, to, to kind of summarize or tie in some of what you were saying, uh, I do love Jazz June for the uh, you know for for the collaborative team of coaches best in class uh, approach that you have. So, okay, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Any any uh, any final thoughts? And again, uh, you know how do how do people connect if if they're interested in in uh, working with you? If if they do need some help getting some of that video content, uh, you know, kind of 
kickstarted. The first one's always, it feels so complicated. And then you do it and you're like, that wasn't so bad. I can do a second one. Exactly. It's a learned skill. So once you learn it, you can apply it and, and you can grow. You know, I'm not saying that you'll be making Steven Spielberg masterclass courses by the end of, <laughs> um, but done is better. Done is better than perfect. And if you're really just a beginner, um, our platform compared to other platforms, at least allows you to get started without having to pay anything. That's the only thing I ask is, is don't start paying monthly for a platform um, to, to experiment with whether or not learning content is right for you. Yeah. Um, come, come to Jazz June. Let me work with you. Let me, let me, let me see with you uh, what the possibilities are. So that then begs the question of how to do this. And that's you can always email me. Anyone can always email me, Alex at JazzJune.com, and I'll get you started through email if you'd like. Um, but you can, of course, we make it so easy. Signing up for an account is like signing up for a, a profile on Twitter, or whatever. So JazzJune.com, create your free account, and then just wait for me to reach out to you. And uh, we'll we'll lay the groundwork for what needs to happen after that. That's awesome. Hey, you've been listening to an interview with Alex Londo from Jazz June. Uh, this is Ryan Murray with Marketing Management and Money, your host. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this interview. If you have any uh, comments, uh, and I'm, I'm going to put it out there, you can reach me at jazzjune.com forward slash MMM. You can uh, see uh, see my customized page. You can contact me, check out some of the learning content that I have available. Um, there are other ways to, to reach me uh, out there. You can go uh, ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com if you want to email me. But uh, hope you enjoyed this. We'd love to hear back from you and uh, take care. <laughs>